Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. And here he is once again, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Jerry Springer. Oh, thank you, thank you. Man, what a week. Well, I'll yeah. tell you, uh, and I'm, I'm going to ask you that very question just in one second. I do want to mention, sure. though, everybody should stick around because we have Josh Bettis from Wales. Wales, Jerry, that's like the United Kingdom, Wales, that one. Oh, I know it. I wasn't born far from there. I, that's what I, I remember. I was born, but not far from there. Yeah. I was born. Yeah, Isn't that where born. Charles had like the golf ball or like the, the ping pong ball in his hat when he got in like to like do his like coronation in Wales or something? It was <laughs> yeah, something was very cool. odd like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, he couldn't hold up the whole crown. So they put a ping pong ball on top. Right. right, <laughs> right. So uh, anyway, for people who don't know, Jerry was born in England and uh, Josh Wales is from uh, nearby Wales. He's a up and coming singer, songwriter, uh, folk singer. And we're looking very much forward to hearing from him. And Megan will chat with him in a minute. And Jerry, we always open with Jerry's commentary. And it's, as I always say, it's the heart of the podcast. And uh, it's funny, Jerry, as I was always anticipating what you're going to talk about. And uh, Roe v. Wade happened or the, you know, the reversal of Roe versus Wade, which is huge, of course. And then today, and we're recording this on what is it, the 28th of June, I sat and watched and probably everybody sat and watched or heard or now the people who are you know busy at work in the day are now getting pieces of it later, the January 6th hearing with Cassidy Hutchinson, who is uh, what, aide to Mark Meadows, the chief of staff for Donald Trump, so, Jerry, there's no shortage of stuff going on in the news. So how'd you, de- how'd you deal with all that? Uh, well, I had a couple of drinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I applied for citizenship in the Wales. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's what I did. And was currently so, denied. <laughs> yes. Yeah, once again. <laughs> yeah. And without a country. Uh, perhaps the only thing more frightening for our country than recognizing how close Trump and his minions came to having us lose our democracy is that we no longer have two major political parties committed to keeping it. This is not the ravings of an incurable partisan, though I do admit all things being equal, I do mark my ballot for Democrats. But of course, all things aren't equal. So my critique this time of what was once the grand old party is an honest attempt at objective observations. Where we used to have two robust political parties battling and contesting their policies out on a field of agreed upon and shared love of country, that is no longer the case. Though my Republican friends, and yes, I do have some, inevitably modify their declarations of being a Republican with, yeah, I know Trump's a wacko, and there are some extremists, racists, and proud boys in our party, but the basic principles of the GOP small government conservatism, low taxes for corporations and the wealthy, 
keeping government out of our lives, though conveniently forgotten when it comes to women, still warrants our support. But is that really what today's Republican Party stands for? Consider this. A near majority of Republicans believe Biden didn't win the election. That his 2020 victory by over 7 million votes can be simply overturned by the loser without requiring any evidence of fraud that would alter the result. That just by saying you won, even if you didn't, then you don't have to relinquish the presidency. Is this love of country, love of American democracy, that the people's vote doesn't count? Is it just a crazy fringe group when, in fact, the Texas Republican Party itself passed a platform last month declaring that federal laws it dislikes, and I'm quoting here, should be ignored, opposed, refused, and nullified. The platform goes on to say, Texas retains the right to secede from the United States and the Texas legislature should be called upon to pass a referendum consistent thereto. Specifically, the referendum should be placed before the voters in the general election of 2023 to determine whether or not the state of Texas should reassert its status as an independent nation. Of course, this was tried back in 1835 for 10 years, didn't work out so well then, but clearly 190 years later, Republicans are apparently thinking it's worth another try. And again, this is not merely a fringe group. This is the largest state Republican party in the nation. And by the way, on their way to secession, they call for the repeal of the Voting Rights Act of 1965, declare homosexuality an abnormal lifestyle choice, seek to nullify any legislation or court orders protecting and recognizing gay marriage. And of course, as we found out for sure this week, they want the immediate banning of all abortions. Let's say it again. This is not a fringe group. This is the official Texas Republican Party. And for Republicans not living in Texas, other than secession, which obviously they wouldn't want because they would lose two Republican senators, what part of this platform do most Republicans disagree with? As uncomfortable as it is to admit, today's Republican Party does not stand and unequivocally support American democracy. How much more evidence do we need? This party now supports an undemocratic theocracy. And those who long for the Republican Party that used to be need to start a new one. For the old one is gone. Republicans can no longer be gritting their teeth saying, we've been hijacked. No, you haven't. You're the ones now doing the driving. Yeah, Jerry, that's good. That covered, and that covers a lot of ground too. And uh, Megan Hills, by the way, are the third voice that you hear regularly on this podcast, uh, and and you know the the one woman of the three here. It's maybe an obvious place to start on the follow up discussion of that, Megan, if you're willing. Yeah. Is when uh, the Supreme Court ruled Friday, so only a few days ago. Um, 
and we know it was coming. And Jerry's done commentaries back, right, Jerry, when the when the leak uh-huh. came, and it came out pretty much the way the leak said it would come out. Yep. Uh, what was, but but yet, isn't not true, Megan? That once it really is stated and it's a real deal, it was it's pretty stunning. So, what, what was your reaction? How, and how? What do you think the steps forward must be? Give us your take, please. So. To begin with, I have some friends and I'm 42 years old. I'm not looking at like having babies or anything like that. That is not where I'm at in my life. Right. However, I have had friends who have had to abort children for health purposes. Mm-hmm. I have had a friend who was forced in Ohio to carry a baby to term. After they had already told her that this little boy was dying inside of her. She was forced to take this baby to term. She was forced to give birth to this. And this is going on. And now it's nationwide. And this is a woman who is married, who has three other children. I'm looking at stories like these again and again and again. And it's simply, and I've heard, like, I'm not the first one to say this. Abortion is simply health care for women. And the fact that it has been taken off the table, especially in the poorest of poor areas for the people that need the most help to have that taken off the table and to have someone else making a decision for you, for your life. It's, it's, it, it has been such a sad, sad week. Um, And I I look at my, you know, my friends, my sisters, like everybody out there that's that's going through this. It may not affect you directly, but it somehow does. You have a friend, you have a cousin, you have a best friend, you have someone who has had to deal with this. And the fact that it's not on the table for women in 2022 is absolutely disgusting. I disgusting. Sorry. (laughs) No, I. Boy, you're coming through loud and clear. And, uh, you know, it's almost like how do those of us who are male have have the right to be any part of this discussion even? Where is your uterus? Where is it? (laughs) Uh, I left mine up in Ohio. I'm uh, (laughs) like no uterus, no opinion. I'm sorry. But, but. You, you know, what, what I just a quick thought I had actually getting ready this afternoon. Uh, I remember when um, Obama gave the uh, gave the uh, opening speech of the Democratic Convention in 04, the speech yeah. that kind of put him on the net when he said, we're not the uh, the blue states of America. We're not the red states of America. We're the United, United states, states of America. Yeah. That was beautiful and it's what we should desire but let's be honest that is it's no not longer accurate. the case nope. it's no longer the case we have two americas one is a free america where people have freedoms and the other america is an america that no longer has freedoms that Jerry? one by one they're taken away they're even now talking away of, of, of Clarence Thomas is oh <laughs> is talking about taking another look at contraception and, 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 and base. Yeah. And, and gay they, marriage and gay marriage. And because the argument they give is because historically this was no right. 
historically, well, you know what? Historically, African-Americans couldn't marry white people and vice versa. They were three quarters of a person historically. (laughs) So is is Clarence Thomas going that far back that black people shouldn't marry white people? And what's he going to do? Is he, yeah. are they filing for divorce now? Yeah, because he is I mean, married to a He's married woman. to a white woman. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what kind of a human being is he? To, I mean, it really goes to his character. I don't want to hear that, oh, he must be smart, even though he's quiet, he's smart or whatever. Oh, no. garbage. The yep. character, to have someone like that in the Supreme Court of the United States is unbelievable. Say it, Jerry. It's bullshit. Just say it. It's bullshit. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to quote uh, uh, Bar. Yeah. <laughs> what do you Probably guys bar, think? That's, yes. Yeah. What do you guys think the politics of this are? Uh, will it? Because all the polling shows with with some other dark clouds over the country in terms of gas prices, inflation, stuff like that. Uh, Megan, do you think that this is going to uh, motivate? We all know that elections really turn on emotion. They just do. We've talked about that for 20 years in our broadcasting history. Emotion runs this. Passion. Things that jack people up. So do we think that this issue will change some of these elections in midterm? Because only two months away. Because when people say, well, I want to do something now, well, dude, it's like two months well, away. Yeah, and the you answer can do is something, always And vote. that is turn out, sign up to vote if you're not signed yep. up and vote. And there are many of people, and I have a daughter who's, you know, in her early 40s, and she worries about young people, about young people's participation or energy. And uh, now is worried that the Roe v. Wade uh, change is going to cause people to be even more discouraged, which is counterintuitive. Productive. Yeah. See, now, and I'm, I'm looking at it. I have a 17 year old stepdaughter who is also looking at this stuff and she's, she's a very broad minded young woman. And what I'm seeing from her generation is that this is just absolutely like they're rolling their eyes at us saying, how ridiculous are you? How ridiculous is all of this? Of course, women's rights, of course, physical like autonomy is something that people must have. I really truly believe, and maybe this is just the optimism in me, the optimist in me, this next generation, man, they are so beyond us. And I think they're looking at this as a joke. And I hope that they are. I hope they see this as the last part of having to separate themselves from our parents. And I'm sorry, Gina, I'm sorry, Jerry, because like your generation, that's it. It's done. We're finished with this crap. Yeah, it's kind of, Her generation is not like, they're not putting up with any of it. They right, that's won't. my daughter's sentiment, by the way. And Jerry, we went through this when we were young and oh, getting yeah. into politics of like Mike Ford, Jerry's yep. guru, God bless his soul, uh, political guru, his handler would say the term he always used was, hey, it's our turn. And he was talking about your turn as a politician versus a guy like Tom Lucan, who only Cincinnati people would know that reference, yep. but an older generation. And yep. Megan, this is on your point. 
is that it's it's got to pass to a different generation. And Jerry, what do you, how do you assess the politics? Do you think the reversal of Roe v. Wade is going to affect this the midterm elections? Well, uh, I guess the short answer is yes. Uh, certainly, some of it. Uh, there'll clearly be more energy than there would otherwise have been uh, among Democrats. Yeah. Uh, whether that'll be enough in gerrymandered districts, I don't know. What needs to happen is in every community in America, between now and whether it's the primaries or the November election, every single person running for office, there needs to be some questionnaire on the question and you know how it's phrased, but basically a pro-choice question, yeah. uh, or if it's uh, you know if a fourteen-year-old girl is yeah. used to the extreme, is a fourteen-year-old right. girl is raped by her father, uh, should 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 she be forced to carry the uh, the fetus till uh, birth? Uh, however you want to do it, and every single person running for office, <laughs> be it school board be it local, state, legislature, Congress, Senate, whatever, has to answer that question or put refuse to answer. And then in every, on every television station in America, and there are a lot of millionaires and billionaires that'll fund this, that ad ought to run for every person running. So whoever goes to the polls and vote, let no politician avoid the answer to that question. I am afraid that by avoiding answering or not talking about the issue, there are going to be some Republicans, for example, that are anti-choice, but don't well, talk at, about it, and therefore will get elected. Look at what happened with the Supreme Court. Like They said, like, oh, this is the president. This is the law of the land. Blah, 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 blah. Well, look where we are now. Yeah, they lie. Yep. But, but at least we'll, we'll, we'll vote against anyone unless they firmly say, that they're going to be pro-choice. And then we'll see, because every poll says most Americans are pro-choice. So if yep. that is the case, let's let's test it. Yep. Good point. And uh, Megan, we usually, and, and this is horrible, we've been doing this to these singer-songwriters lately. <laughs> we talk about these you know, jarring issues. And hey, now let's bring hey, up Josh, yeah. what the oh, funny? <laughs> Yeah, a little bit like, you know, Hitler appears on Jimmy Kimmel and Kimmel says, OK, well, just to recap, that was six million Jews. Mr. Hitler, well, OK, now let's bring on our musical guest. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, but but Megan, let's how would you feel if we did this? We have Josh Bettis from yep. Wales. I've mentioned that. And he's going to do a song. You're going to talk to him about that. But I'll tell you something. I would love to know how a person living in Wales yes. in the United yes. Kingdom, they know everything we know. They get the same news we get. Wouldn't we love to know, A, Josh, first of all, how you doing, Josh? I'm great, thank you. You're welcome. Hey, <laughs> Have you, you ever been pregnant? Yeah, if you ever have you ever been pregnant? Have you ever been pregnant? Do how much uh, of this is breaking through in Wales, where you live, and, and two, what do people think of this? Of us? Yeah. What's what's the opinion of the United States right now? Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure the general population are just shocked that women aren't in control of their own bodies over there. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, the panel of the people they had involved are no less qualified than asking a fish to fly. <laughs> so how can, how can these men tell these women what they can do with their own bodies and health? It's, it's here, beyond here. my comprehension. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bizarre. In this in this day and age, that they, <laughs> I mean, it's hey, the John, handmaid's you, tale. Is that <laughs> viewpoint that you just expressed uh, is that broader than just <laughs> you and the friends you have? Do you think is that a kind of a a general feeling that that uh, it's pretty absurd on its face? I'd like to think so. Um, okay. You know, say not only could you get one here, but you wouldn't have to pay for it either. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. You have health care. That's, yeah, that's, so. that's something else. <laughs> yeah. Also, that's... We don't want to try be. that out. You mean health care? <laughs> <laughs> Although, actually, that is maybe a tougher question than it would seem on the surface because the history of Great Britain, of the British Isles, is very... Historically, has been very much split between Protestants and Catholics. Yeah. And so the traditional Catholic position may very well be anti-choice, at least historically. And so it, it's not a slam dunk, even though within England, which is mostly Protestant, uh, clearly they would look at what we're doing as idiots. But uh, in some parts of the British Isles, I would assume that there are some people that agree with the Supreme Court, even though, you know, well, here's something, here's something that, and I'm not joking here, you may not know this, and I wouldn't expect you to. We've <clears> talked about this. We kid each other. Jerry and I are lifetime, lifelong friends. Jerry's Jewish. I'm Catholic. The, when Catholics, Jerry and Megan, who was raised Catholic as well, I think probably knows this. When polling is done by reputable polling services throughout the years, including yep. right now, of Catholics... Yes. And their view of abortion or the no one likes abortion. Who the hell wants to get an abortion? So let's don't even it's, think of it as no one's yeah. pro-abortion. But <laughs> Catholic respondents to polls by a majority say that they are for a woman's right to choose. So the Catholic Church, Jerry, you're 100 percent right. And not activists Catholic, within the Catholic Church, the hierarchy and the bishops and archbishops and cardinals and priests. I get what you're saying. The population, though. Is no, no, they, they kind of break out the same way other people do. And by the way, Josh, in Wales, and, and this is this is an interesting thing. And this is going to be, Megan, the new battleground. And it's called yep. we know that telemedicine, especially based on the pandemic is growing. It's probably already huge and it's growing larger. And you yep. can prescribe medicine by having an encounter like we are in the Zoom call where we, as a pandemic has kind of disrupted our uh, production schedule. And so a doctor in Wales could have a patient in Birmingham, Alabama, and assess that that woman wants to have an abortion prescribe the morning after pill, which is a chemical abortion, 
And there's like three different versions of that now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again. I said there's like three different versions of it now too. It's yeah. not just yeah. one. Like there's a lot going on. So yeah, sorry, Gene. Okay, well, and so one of those gets sent to that woman, and she, because I've been reading up on this, so sixty percent of abortions today are done through medication. Sixty percent today, wow. more than half are being done that way. So yeah. if a doctor, now here, here's the kicker. If the doctor sends it from outside of the U.S., because if it's inside the U.S., some of these states, because each state is now, and some are crazier than others, yeah. of who they're going to go after. They'll go after that doctor in a different state, and they'll try to put, you know, illegal spikes into that doctor from another state. If it's from Canada or from South Africa or from Wales, they can't get them. And now you're talking about opening the mail from people coming in. Exactly. It's going to be very tricky to effectively. Yeah. How do they really enforce it? You, you, you nailed it. Right, Gene. That's so, exactly. Anyway. All right, really gentlemen. Josh, hold on, Josh. I'm sorry, yeah, Josh. Josh. In that sense, you're not really banning abortions. You're just stopping safe abortions. And that's horrific. Yeah. And, and that's the biggest problem. Abortions will happen. Women will have them. It's just the safety of them. That's yeah. the desperate enough to. situation. And, you know. Yep. Yep. All right. Gentlemen, can we talk about some music now? Gene? <laughs> <laughs> I think we must. I think we must. All right, Josh. You're here from some music, and I'm glad that you were able to like join in with us on our conversation. But tell us about you. Tell us about your music. Who are your influences? And uh, yeah, what what do you have for us this evening? Um, yeah, my influences is like the traditional country artists and folk singers, and I try and um, take different styles and different branches of that tree and put it all into one little melting pot to create my own sort of sound. So, so, the, the songs got oh, so in, you know, in the U.S., like we, we think of like picking, we think of Appalachia, we think of those areas. Yeah. So in Wales, what is kind of what is that sound for you? What's the home sound? I'd say the, the, the traditional Welsh songs will be sung in the Welsh language and it's um, very choral. We have a rich history of like male voice choirs and things like that. But um, my style is more influenced by the American sort of things. But I find Wales to be quite a lot like, you know, Virginia and Kentucky with the rich mining history and the rural really? areas. Yeah, it's very rural. That's... A lot of farming and like fishing and uh, mining. A long history of mining and stuff. So I think that's, that's why amazing. it resonates so much with people here. And there's a lot right, of similarities that cross over. Well, yeah. the song that you had to share with us this evening is called The River. So yeah. tell us about this song. Um, how long ago did you write it? And uh, what was your inspiration? Um, I was listening to a lot of Ralph Stanley at the time, and he does a lot of gospel numbers. And I wanted to add that sort of choral element and uh, that obviously we're famous for in Wales. So uh, I was lucky enough to record this song in an old chapel. We sort of oh. made a, a gospel choir between the two of us in various different parts of the room and using the different echoes and the, uh, you know. So the, like all the arches, all the archways, you were able to utilize all that like syncopation uh, in there? Yeah, we literally just took different takes in different parts of the room and 
put it all together to do all these harmonies and things. That's awesome. All right. So our first song or our song this evening is by Josh yeah. Bettis and this is yeah. The River. So it's not strictly a gospel song, but... <laughs> Amazing grace How sweet the sound That saved a wretch Like me your mighty river take my sins away if I bathe in your healing water will you hear me pray man amongst the trees sings against the breeze sinners won't you find your way back Still looking for redemption as the days go by But I've too many sins to mention Trying to tame the tide Hear the blind man say Got to keep the faith Sinners, won't you find your way back River trying to tame the tide, but on the road to true forgiveness, men can lose their lives. The treasure that you seek for the pain of me, sinners, won't you find your way back? River made a mighty bellow, crashed against the stone. Drug me off my feet down yonder, sky turned black as coal. Sore a blinding light, shook me back to life. Sinner, won't you find your way back home? Sinner, won't you find your way Sinner, won't you find your way back home? All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Josh Bettis. That was fantastic, Josh. It's really wow, good. yes. Like, really, in the like, it sounds like you're from Kentucky, man. Like, can we just stop you? <laughs> <laughs> We'll get you on in here in the bluegrass state. Don't you worry about it. All right. So Josh, tell us where we can hear more of your music. Is this a single? Is this part of an album? Uh, it's part of an EP. It's a five track EP. It's available on all streaming sites and stuff like that. Anyway, you can find it. You should be able to and pick it up. Last name is B-E-D-D-I-S, correct? Yeah. And uh, the right. EP is called uh, One for Sorrow. One for sorrow. All right. Well, make sure you check Josh and his music out. 
And uh, while you're doing that, make sure you check out all of our uh, social media as well. Gene and Jerry await your comments. Jerry can't sleep without knowing that you love him. So we need to have all kinds of things coming in here to tell Jerry how great he is. <laughs> and we'll, and this, let's give him that? more time to do that. Yeah. Let's give yeah. him more time. Oh my no God. <laughs> all right. And then this evening we have Jerry singing with Arlo McKinley. With- do we have the words? Oh my gosh. You sing this every week down by the riverside. Down by the riverside, down by the riverside.